sometimes ag teachers will say, I'm alone on an island. And sometimes that can even be like physically, they're, they're away from the school, their building's away from the school or they're at the end of the hallway. And, and my response to that is, well, it's, it's time to build a bridge if you're alone on an island. I mean, that's what this research would suggest. Welcome to Al Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers podcast. We are your agricultural education resource across the web, sharing research-based tips and tackling the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Al Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders, Marshall Baker, Mike Ritalik, and Brian Myers. Eric Mosier and Aaron McKim, welcome to Al Pellets. So glad you're here with us today. Yeah, glad to be Thanks here. For having us. All right, Eric and uh, Eric and Aaron, I can I can say that really well. My t- tongue gets all tied up there. Why don't you start off and save me and tell me a little bit about yourselves. Introduce yourselves, Eric, first, and then we'll go to Aaron, and then we'll talk about the the topic for today. Awesome. Um, my name is Eric Mosier. I am a recent undergraduate um, graduate of Michigan State University and I studied agricultural education and I'll be student teaching for the duration of next school year. Awesome and I'm Aaron McKim. I'm a faculty member at Michigan State University. I had the pleasure of working with Eric as an undergraduate student on this research project for the past couple of years so excited to share the the product of those efforts. Excellent. So, you know, as you get ready to into your student teaching, Eric, it's an exciting time. So you can go student teach there in Michigan uh, and then uh, and then come back and teach in Florida. It'd be phenomenal. You know, I think it's a perfect plan. So but before you before you come to Florida to teach, Eric, tell us a little bit about your study and what we're going to be talking about today. Sure. Um, so our study was looking at how connections teachers have within um, school-based ag education uh, influence their decisions to remain in the profession. So looking at how their connections with other teachers, um, other ag teachers, and community stakeholders and their curriculum influence their decisions to um, want to stay in the classroom, essentially. Their connections, like their relationships with people? Yeah, so the personal relationships that they have interesting tell me more about this i have questions but i want to learn more first sure um so there's been a lot of studies done outside of ag education but in other um, workplace areas and other educational fields that just essentially found that having um, support groups within your workplace is essential to wanting to stay where you're employed Um, So having those relationships with others is important to build that community of support wherever you're working. Did you find the same thing for ag teachers? Uh, We did. Um, We found that um, overall those four areas were statistically significant to um, influencing our teachers' decisions to remain in the classroom. So what were those four, tell me again, what were those four areas that make a difference? Uh, the first was having connections within their school. Um, so that's with teachers, administrators in your district. The second was with other ag teachers, whether that's at your district or another school. Um, the third was looking at your or having connections with people in your community. So that could be alumni members or just parents and, and uh, businesses in the community. And then the final area was um, having a passion and connection to the curriculum you were teaching. 
One of the things I thought was really interesting, we talk about, sometimes we always say, well, ag teachers are so different from everybody else in the school. We don't relate to anybody else in schools, but yet it still came out that it was so important that they build those relationships with the other teachers and the principals of their, of, of their particular school, whether they're ag or, or whatever else. And I think that's so important because uh, some people wear it as a badge of honor or they think, that, well, you know, those other teachers don't even know who I am because I'm out in the back building with the ag program, that sort of thing. But any more you can kind of talk about how, how they saw those relationships being formed within the school and why, why these teachers saw that being so important to be retained. Um, we didn't specifically ask teachers that how they remedied the connections in their school. Um, we were more asking their perceptions of support from other um, staff within the school. But from other other um, studies that have been done, essentially just immersing yourself in the school district, whether that's in mentoring programs with um, being the mentor or the mentee um, with other teachers and just um, doing interdisciplinary lessons um, with other content areas. Those were two areas that we found were impactful to build those relationships. One thing I'll add uh, is we, you know, I think you're exactly right, um, Brian, that sometimes ag teachers will say, I'm alone on an island. And sometimes that can even be like physically, they're, they're away from the school, their buildings away from the school or they're at the end of the hallway. And, and my response to that is, well, it's, it's time to build a bridge if you're alone on an island. I mean, that's what this research would suggest. And the other thing I've heard from ag teachers is, yeah, but some of the other teachers in my school are really grumpy, right? They just complain or, or they kind of bring me down. And I, and I want to say, yeah, there are some teachers, like I taught, I know there, there are grumpy teachers that exist in the school, but there's also really cool teachers. There's also really cool people. And so you don't always have to just find one teacher and, and build relationship with that one, but look around, find the person you connect with. And if it's a different disciplinary area, be innovative in how you can build that relationship and maybe even work together on some, on some collaborations. You know, it's interesting. It makes me think one of the, as a ag teacher, I always thought, man, people don't get, they don't get what I do. I have to spot, I have to go advise all these projects. I have to do all these other things. And then as an administrator of a secondary school, we'd have staff meetings and I started to have this new perspective like of myself as an ag teacher. So, you know, ag teachers would say, well, I'm sorry, but like we're different and ag teachers, we can't do that. You don't understand. We're unable to do that because I have to check animals or I have to have, manage the greenhouse. But then I had this conversation where one time in our staff meeting, it was brought up where the math teachers were saying, I get your struggles, but you're also not one of the state mandated assessed content areas. So like, I get that you're busy and I get that you have to manage the greenhouse, but the students in my class are literally assessed by the state and our school report card depends on my ability to make them perform well. And so I see you as an extracurricular teacher. And so that's, that sounds really fun to me. I would love to not be under the gun but the principal's always talking to me about every little score, every little week on every little formative assessment. And so I think part of it is using that bridge that Aaron's talking about, but understanding more deeply um, different perspectives. You know, it's important. I think that builds on something that Eric found in some of his, you know, as he's looking at past literature. 
there's a concept of, of what makes a good relationship. And that concept is emotional carrying capacity. But essentially, it's, it's how emotionally intelligent are you in a, conver- in a relationship? Like, do you actually listen to the other person's emotions? Do you let them talk about what, what they're struggling with? And so if you come into a, a relationship with another teacher, and like, here's all the things that I do, and I'm just so busy, and, and act like they don't have any stress, it, they're not going to be one to be friends with you, right? And so just a little bit of an emotional intelligence when you're engaging those relationships, listen to the concerns they have, recognize they might be bringing things to, to work that you're not aware of, and just like you are, and, and engage in that dialogue with an openness and a, and a, a respect for each other, I think is critical. So, no. Go ahead, Mike. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, did you learn anything or did you look at uh, career stages or different types of licensure and uh, were there differences, but whether I was a new teacher or later in my career or whether I was alternatively certified or traditionally? Um, so we did look at that as a, a separate study as a poster during the AAAE conference. Um, so we did find that um, these connections take time to develop. Um, our early career teachers were rating the lowest in all four areas. And similar, similarly, the alternatively, our alternatively certified teachers were also rating lower on all four areas. Um, just suggesting that it takes time to develop these relationships. And also students going through a traditional program at a university have a lot more opportunities to develop connections with people who will be teachers in the future um, than somebody who maybe came in from business or another content area may have. I'm curious. So we talked a lot about that idea of, um, you know, of, of wherever you are in the profession, right? Early, late. But what about, I'm thinking about this from like a, a, a personal standpoint. Um, did you look at all? And if you didn't, what's your thoughts on how personality type, like introversion versus extroversion? You know, if, if someone is a teacher where a lot of contact and communication actually drains them as opposed to energizes them, does that make any kind of difference? So we didn't actually look at that um, in the study. We didn't ask them if they felt more outgoing um, or we're more introverted. Um, being more introverted myself, I would say that like it, it does make a difference um, how much you're willing to go out and search for those support support relationships um, in any context. Um, so I, I would say that does make an impact and that um, it, it might be challenge, more challenging for some people to develop these relationships, which may take even longer than uh, the average data might say from what we found. And I would agree that like when you have them and they're good quality, introverts will also benefit, I would guess, from having those connections and it would cause them to um, have interest in staying in their career longer. But man, getting them set up, I, I think that you're probably right that there's something there as far as how that that plays a role in in building those and what it does to them. The, the one thing I would say, just, you know, working with, with Eric and, and thinking about the way you think about, you know, your introvertness and transitioning into a career in ag education, and f- for all the introverts out there, um, myself included, it's that you're probably not going to have as many relationships, 
but the the one or two or three relationships that you do have are probably or might be at a much deeper level than than any other uh, teachers out there or than what an extrovert might have. And so I wouldn't want anybody to say, well, I'm an introvert, therefore I'm going to have to leave ag education, right? We don't want that, obviously. Oh, right, right. But but maybe it's I'm an introvert, so I'm going to specifically find the other introvert or someone I can connect to in my school and be very intentional on who that is. And I'm going to be comfortable if that relationship is maybe we spend more time together. Maybe our conversations are more in depth than others. And that might feel a little weird when, when other people are, are kind of sense that connection that we have, but that's because of my personality type. Uh, when I was teaching, I had two really, really strong connections because I'm an introvert, but I would just, we would spend hours through debriefing on the day and talking about all those things and building these really, really tight connections, but I didn't know the other teachers. And so I think it just looks different. I think that's a, I appreciate Kate bringing that up because it's a great point to think about how personality types impact this. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> Ego's so big. I won't fit in the zoom box anymore. Um, <laughs> So before we go, I want to spend a little bit of time before we run out here talking about the relationship between other with other ag teachers. Because, and again, this is just an observation that I've had. I, I would love Eric, your and Aaron's take on this and how this relates is a lot of ag teachers, when we talk to them, especially with our role as teacher educator, we're a little bit on the outside of the inner circle, but not but still part of the group. And we see these and I can still remember talking to some real veteran quality teachers. Yeah, I'm open. I keep telling everybody, come talk to me, ask me questions. I want to build relationships with these teachers, especially the young teachers, but these young teachers are scared to death to go talk to these sometimes veteran teachers, uh, be, either because of that, that uh, sense of this, the age difference from there, like they, they got it all figured out. I don't know anything, but then also you throw in the, the competition standpoint of things they're like, I don't want to go ask this person. Why are they going to tell me how to train their whatever team that I'm going to do this? So there's, you know, it's about what those conversations are about. I wonder if the, these relationships are focused around the type of conversations we have. Is it about teaching or is it about training teams? So a, a lot of stuff there. So I'd love to see what you guys thought, think about any and all of that. I, I, I guess I would agree with that um, as a, person entering the career field, it definitely is intimidating to go up to a teacher that's been teaching for 20, 30, 40 years and ask for advice. Um, for me, especially because I'm going to want to do everything that they tell me. And I know that won't be possible, especially in my first year, to accomplish everything they've done in 40 years. Um, so I, I think um, the most important thing that we found was that it's important to talk about, I guess, un, unwritten norms within your state um, or region and things that happen behind the scenes that you may not know about. Um, that would be something that's extremely important to um, talk to them about and ask for advice on um, because you can read all the, all the books you want on how to teach or find curriculum or do anything like that. But it's all that little things that they've learned along the way that was not written down anywhere for them to find that I would recommend people talk about. I think there's, I think there's a, I think there's something critically important in what Eric just said, you know, I, he, framing it and the conversations with a more experienced teacher and, and they're going to tell me everything that I need to do and I'm going to feel like I need to do it. So if you're a more experienced teacher, maybe your approach isn't, I'm going to tell them everything to do because 
if we're th- if we're talking about emotional caring capacity and like willingness to to share concerns and frustrations, if you're the more experienced teacher and you're just saying, here's the here's the 18 step that you need to take to be a successful first year teacher. Let me solve your problem before you even ask it. No one's going to have any like willingness to share their emotions or concerns or stress if that's if you've got the expert on the other end of the line who's just feeding you the 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 recipe for success. So if you're in a mentoring position in ag education, you you need to maybe just listen for a while to what concerns the teacher has, what makes them nervous, what are they stressed out about? And and if they share something that you have the answer to, you don't have to answer it. You can let them process through that, recognize that they're developing as a as a young ag teacher and maybe just setting the culture that more experienced teachers are, are mentors by listening and not mentors by telling uh, could be beneficial to making a young teacher feel like, you know what, I'm going to be heard and I feel more comfortable asking others questions or just sharing kind of my experiences with others in this culture of, of support that we have in ag education. You know, we switched from talking about the, the connections within a school and community to connections with other ag teachers. And I think that that's interesting because it's, it is the, the community through which most ag teachers identify, right? If you ask them, who are the cool kids? They're going to say the other ag teachers. They don't say the other teachers in their school, right? But you all found that the connections that really keep you teaching are the ones within your school. So I don't know what, there's something there as far as where you put your efforts and your time and which relationships you choose to foster. Um, I don't know what, how, what we do about that. Is it a problem that we all identify more with our other ag teachers across the state than we do with the teachers within our own schools and that that's where we foster relationships? Is that something that we should even be concerned about? Well, uh, Kate, I know your your work in teacher identity like keys right in on this, right? Thinking yeah. about where teachers feel connected and and are kind of processing through that and talking about your scholarship and how that uh, kind of informs the way we think about our research was where do you spend the bulk of your time? Like yeah. if you were to just calculate the number of hours with another ag teacher, that's granted if you're a single teacher program and some of those assumptions being made, but you're in the school a lot more than you're at a PD with other ag teachers. And so yeah. investing in those relationships and recognizing there are cool kids in ag education. There are a lot of them, right? There's also cool kids in the math, in the, in the math classroom. There's cool teachers in, in, the, in the science classroom. And we need to invest and open our eyes and, and willingness to engage in those relationships. But it's okay if you still feel really, really comfortable and at home when you're around other ag teachers. But wouldn't it be amazing if you walked into your school building and you also had that same sense with a couple other ag te- with a couple other teachers in the school who maybe didn't teach ag? Right, and I think that really gets back to how we um, communicate with others, right? If we're if we're going into our schools, and you know, Aaron, you mentioned that if a teacher says like all the, the other teachers are grumpy, if all the other teachers are grumpy, it might be you. <laughs> Right. So like how we communicate with the people in our schools and identify those as people that have value and that we would like to have valuable relationships with. um, I think that that's a big deal and sometimes something that's overlooked when we're so focused on being cool with the cool kids who we kind of assume aren't in our own schools because they don't teach ag. 
Well, and I would just go back to like, I keep putting my administrator hat on in this conversation and all of us as teachers, like we're evaluated against these domains and almost every single teacher leader effectiveness model includes, you know, the things we think about like instruction and managing diversity of thought and all of that. But one of the domains is always focused on collegiality and professionalism. Yep. And I definitely had some ag teachers I can see are deeply ingrained in the management and in the efforts and in the team process of making a school great. And you can tell if you go to a staff meeting and an ag teacher is leading a committee or leading an effort or supporting with a grant application or discussing our accountability structures or proctoring a test. You can tell if the ag teacher is truly engaged in the professionalism and collegiality of this mission. And the mission of the school is not ag education or FFA success. The mission of the school is student success for all. And you can tell quickly if a teacher, if an ag teacher or a math teacher or anybody is engaged in that big picture project. And I think it's important for ag teachers to not move out on their island but to really see yourself as I think ag teachers are some of the most innovative forward thinking teachers and you need to be a part of your school process. And you can always see that at a staff meeting. Um, if the ag teacher comes in late, doesn't pay attention, isn't on a committee and feels like this discussion is not for him then or her, if that's you, you might want to rethink that. Um, because that's, as an administrator, that's how I saw your engagement to the big mission. And, and in egg education, that's a, that's a tough balance because um, probably more so than any other discipline that we teach, whether it's CTE or, or other academic areas, agriculture is a much more fraternity-based um, uh, uh, group than what we see of science teachers or CTE teach or, or family consumer sciences or any of those kind of things. So we really start to see those, uh, that that becomes a challenge because where do we, where do we see our, our greatest value and what's this research tell us about being in a school community versus uh, uh, spending all that time and, and focusing focus on us as being ag teachers. Oh, I love this research area. Um, I would just kind of echo the last few people. Um, I think it's really important to build those community, the support in the school, especially because when you're talking with other teachers, you can maybe share struggles that you have with certain students and it helps you to get to know your students better and helps your students have a better, um, have a better experience um, when all the teachers know each other and can help each other. And if somebody comes up to you and says, I have to go do this for this teacher, I can't, I have to leave early today you could understand why, or that teacher can, if you can approach that teacher and ask what, what's going on, or you have that relationship with other teachers to help your students have a better educational experience. Well, I think with all this is to remember, you know, even in our conversation, we kind of made it an either or kind of a thing. It's important that it, from what reading your study, it's all these things. It's having that strong community at your school and a strong community with the ag teachers and being in the community, all these things out there. So, um, and, and this is difficult. Be, being a teacher is hard. You got all these different groups to be to be uh, engaged with, but it's important for those things to be happening. And as veteran teachers, ag teachers, to be out there supporting and mentoring and watching our conversations to support these young teachers to do all this. So, 
Eric, Aaron, thank you guys so much. This was a phenomenal study. I really uh, look forward to just seeing everyone else's engagement in the resources we're going to share with this uh, podcast out there. I really hope people engage with it. Uh, I really hope that state leaders pay attention to the work that you guys are doing because this is stuff that needs to be guiding some of the work they're doing um, at the state level um, and some and work with, with the principals across there. So thank you so much for being with us today. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Owl Pellets. Please visit our website for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Socialize with us by following Owl Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can join the conversation by adding your thoughts in the comments and sharing the podcast with others. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you and we'll look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.